everybody. We're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. Chuck, this is Jason for the Sports Betting Podcast Bookends. Well, Jay, this is it. This is the first real weekend that it's actually college and pro football. We had week zero in college football. We had a full slate last week. But this week, it's for keeps. Pro and college football. I know I've said it a couple straight weeks, but I'm going to say it again. Yay, sports books. I'm excited about it. No, and I think the thing to be excited about is we're still offering the up to $500 promo on STN Sports sign-up, so no better time to get in. Obviously, college football, pro football, the basketball, uh, WNBA finals that we got going on. Baseball is in full swing uh, here with the pennant races, and you can get that up to $500 bonus for all new sign-ups. So great time to get in the book to sign up for that, as well as Last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing, our signature football contest, guys. Actually, our signature contest that we offer throughout the year for different events. But pro, 150,000 guaranteed. College, 100,000 guaranteed. Don't forget, you can sign up up until 7.30 Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. You have to use the last games. Um, And and for the pros, it's 5 p.m. on Sunday night, and that gets you the Sunday night game as well or the Monday night game, your choice. But they're great contests, same format as we've always had, $25 for one. Sign up for four, though, for 100. You get the fifth one, a bonus one free. Um, There's a lot of big contests out there. I know those are fun, too, but... Huge entry fees. This one, $100 each gets you five entries, and you have a chance to win either $100 or $150,000. Yeah, and if you come in and sign up now, you can put your picks in already for for week one and make basically one trip into the book, and you're all set. Um, So we're going to kind of start this week with college football first. Just a really kind of a brief recap of last week. We saw a lot of the big, you know, double-digit favorites get there. Um, It was good for you guys who backed those teams. Some of the really good games we saw last week, though, the Florida-Utah game, the way that game ended uh, was sensational. The LSU-Florida State game, Brian Kelly, you know, he gets his team to come back. They score with no time, have the extra point blocked. And then on the Monday night game, to kind of finish off the weekend, we saw Clemson kind of make a quarterback change. We'll see what else is going to happen there uh, against the Georgia Tech game that was really kind of ugly from the Georgia Tech side of it. Uh, but overall, it was, it was fun to have college football. Great crowd, great atmosphere. You can just tell the electricity and hype in the room was crazy. I really enjoyed last weekend with college football. Yeah, you talked about all those big favorites coming through. We had a, a lot of the, you know, over 14 to 21 points uh, favorites were pretty much clean the – clean sweep and were able to do a lot of covers the one that didn't uh nc state uh, about a 14 point favorite over east carolina and we were really pulling for east carolina to pull that out outright upset and their kicker duffer right. missed a <laughs> missed an extra point to tie it up at uh, at 21 and then east carolina got the ball back with a chance to win the game on a on a final kick and he missed that one as well so uh we're gonna see a lot of that each week but uh East Carolina, hopefully they do a, a little bit of a rebound this week. I think we're always saying, oh, no, college <laughs> kickers. But sometimes it's for us, sometimes it's against them. Two other big games, you saw Ohio State not cover against Penn State, and you saw Georgia cover against Oregon. Well, Ohio State uh, against uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then you saw the Georgia cover against uh, Oregon. So yeah, the two, obviously, Alabama, Georgia, we've been talking about them you know, the last several weeks. And, you know, we're actually thinking about putting up a prop, uh, Alabama versus Georgia, whether, you know, in the playoffs or in the championship, putting that number up. But both of those two teams came right out of the box. Alabama, obviously, with the 55 to nothing win over Utah State. And Georgia, probably even more impressive with the fact that they uh, 49-3 to win over Oregon and, and really made Oregon look silly. And uh, Stetson Bennett uh, left, you know, kept right where he left off in the national championship. Looked absolutely fantastic in that game. So Georgia and Alabama clearly on a yeah. collision course somewhere uh, down the line here. Uh, so let, let's jump into some of the big games this week that are have some of the ranked teams. Um, number one, Alabama uh, plays Texas. Bama's almost a three-touchdown favorite in this game. 
it's kind of a you know cool side note that you have Saban against Sarkeesian. He had given Sarkeesian that that opportunity again. But some interesting kind of trends here. Alabama is just 13 and seven against the number as a double-digit favorite in their last 20 games, and Texas is five and zero against the number, uh, getting getting double-digit points in their last five games. So a couple of interesting trends there. But again, uh, you look at this Bama team. Just not sure Texas can hang with them or not. Three touchdowns, a little bit under three touchdowns. Just seems like it's too short uh, against Alabama. Well, Texas was able to put up the 52 points on Louisiana Monroe. Obviously, kind of in a tune-up game, and they've got Wait a, a superstar. Who they put up 50 points against? <laughs> they've got a superstar in Bijan Robinson at the tailback position. Um, obviously, Alabama very, very difficult to run the football on, but maybe he can catch a couple bas- passes out of the backfield, um, keep that uh, Alabama offense off the field, keep the Texas offense on the field, and obviously the young man Quinn Ewers uh, transfer from Ohio State to Texas. Um, this is a chance for him to make a, a big statement uh, from that standpoint, and. Obviously, those fans in Texas are going to be riled up. We'll see uh, how Matthew McConaughey can get the, those Longhorns going. But uh, going to try. This, uh, this Alabama team doesn't have many holes, um, so it's going to be tough for Texas to exploit it, and we'll see if they can you know, essentially cover the 21-point the spread. Right. That's going to be a good game. Another with, with two ranked teams, you have number, four, number 24, Tennessee, and number 17, Pitt. We've seen this number come down a little bit. Tennessee is just 4-11 their last 15 against ranked opponents against the numbers. So that could be one of the reasons we've seen this number start to dip a little bit as well. Well, Hendon Hooker, a quarterback for Tennessee, uh, going on the road here. Obviously, Pittsburgh we saw last week in the nationally televised game against uh, West Virginia. Uh, Slovis played absolutely fantastic. Kind of a strange thing here. You have Pittsburgh as the 17th-ranked team in the country, Tennessee as the 24th-ranked team in the country, and the 24th-ranked team in the country is essentially a touchdown favorite on the road at Pittsburgh. So that really tells you what kind of respect the SEC gets uh, versus all the other teams throughout the country. So uh, that'll be interesting. I expect this number to somewhat come down. I think there'll be some backing for Pittsburgh plus the seven points. Well, talking about the SEC, the first big SEC showdown of the year is uh, Florida and Kentucky. We've seen this number tick up just a little bit in favor of Florida. I thought Richardson looked phenomenal in that game uh, last week against Utah. Kind of his coming out party somewhat. Definitely in the, in the Heisman discussion early on. Uh, maybe the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. Um, but this game, we've started to see this number go up a little bit in this big SEC showdown in favor of Florida now. Yeah, Kentucky got their uh, their tune-up against uh... Uh, Miami of Ohio. Right. Um, not particularly impressive uh, against Miami of Ohio, but again, how much do they actually want to put on tape uh, for Florida to be able to see? Kentucky won this game 20-13 to last year in Kentucky. Um, they had a 100-yard kickoff return in that game. Uh, so Florida's waiting for them to come down. This is also going to be a 7 o'clock game down there in the right. swamp. So uh, that tailgate's going to be uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> that crowd is going to be uh, right. loud come 7 o'clock. We'll see if uh, Will Levis, obviously a highly touted quarterback that Kentucky brings down. Um, they've got Kentucky's got one of my favorite players in college football, running back Kavasi Smoke. Uh, what a great Gotta name. Gotta love uh, that name. I said I wish he was a wide receiver to be Kavasi Smoke, but uh, a good uh, good tailback, kind of a, a 5'9", 200-pound-plus uh, running back that they'll try and run the ball. Florida um, did – did allow a little bit on the run. Utah was able to run the football. So if Kentucky can try to control that clock, that clock um, and not let uh, Florida run the ball back on it. But this is going to be a really, really difficult place to go play with the, the nighttime game down oh, in Florida. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another game, this is kind of similar to what we talked about in, the, in that Tennessee game, is where you've got Baylor, who's the lower seed here, against BYU. I know this game is, is in Utah, but you've got BYU a favorite here against them. Some interesting trends here, too. You look at Baylor, 7-1 and one 
their last eight games against the number against ranked teams. And you look at um, uh, BYU here, 0-6, the last six games against the spread at home against top 10 teams. So something has to give as far as those two trends kind of go. But it wouldn't surprise me. We've seen some early action on the BYU Cougars. I think Baylor's going to get some love before this game kicks. It wouldn't surprise me to see this game go back down a little bit. Yeah, another one, obviously, talk about the, the rankings and the reverse spread. Right. Uh, BYU, again, a 7-15 game uh, going up to Provo. Um, Jalen, Jaron Hasn't Hall. bothered Baylor, though. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they well, played going, really they, well against Rankin. They'll go on the team. grass. Baylor obviously likes to, to play it fast. Uh, playing on the turf, they'll go up to the grass there. Uh, Puka Nuku, another awesome name running back out of, out of Utah. Uh, Jaron Hall's been fantastic. Uh, BYU just to, continues to pump out quarterback after quarterback. But again, this is the ESPN night game, uh, Baylor-BYU. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where that action goes. But I think you're right. Um, BYU looked good down in South Florida, South Florida program that may be down a little bit, but still to put up 50-plus points down in South Florida. And they look good on all ends. I think offensive, defensive, and special teams as well. I think they had a touchdown on special teams. So BYU looks like they're clicking early. I just want to touch on, too, you've got a UNLV playing Cal this week. We've seen this number come down just a little bit, but a little bit under two-touchdown underdog now for UNLV after their impressive showdown or their impressive win in their first game of the year. Yeah, USC travels up to Stanford um, and kind of a big game early there. And one of the games that I'm looking forward to, you don't often see in college football a total of 40 points. But Iowa State travels to Iowa, where we saw Iowa win a game last week with seven points, and they didn't score a touchdown. They had a field goal and two safeties. So um, Big Ten to only be able to score seven points and have two safeties in a game, it'll be interesting to see that rivalry play out there, Iowa State and Iowa. I'm going to go the other side. You're talking about a lower-scoring game. This is kind of an interesting trend, too. You look at Southern Cal and Stanford. This is the fourth time since 2005 that the combined total for these two teams has been 60 or greater. It's 67 and a half. The previous three times, they all went sailing over. So uh, USC is in the top 10 again now, and that trend kind of favors that these two teams will score a lot of points and that game will go sailing over. Well, they've got some Heisman hopefuls down there in Williams and Addison, and they want to put up those points. And They almost scored that by themselves yep. last week. So, uh, But anyway, that's kind of the college football slate. We just wanted to kind of highlight some of the bigger games this week um, that, that we look at, especially when you've got some ranked teams going up against each other. I think these are four or five really good matchups this year that's going to generate some tremendous handle. And again, the atmosphere in the crowd in the book uh, should be sensational. Don't forget everything you see kind of in the book. You're going to be able to get on STN Sports as well as Jay Touchdown, great time to sign up right now, up to that $500 bonus. We're going to take a slight break now and come back, and we're going to jump right into pro football on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. One of country music's finest. Somebody else will find Justin Moore, live in concert. October 13th, 8 p.m., the Sandbar at Red Rock Resort. On sale now. Purchase tickets at any Station Casinos Rewards Center. Online at StationCasinosLive.com or Ticketmaster.com. He can't even a hook. Justin Moore Live. Hey everybody, we're back at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook for the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. And as we touched on in the intro, Jay, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, pro football is here. You've got the defending Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams, hosting the Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo Bills on Thursday night football. I know the crowd's going to be into it. There's going to be a ton of props on the board. Um, We saw the Bills come so close last year, that loss against the Chiefs, and they're the betting favorite in this game. 56% of the tickets are on the Bills. 61% of the tickets are on this game to go over. 
great matchup to kick off the season on Thursday Night Football. Well, we see uh, the the defense on these two programs uh, expected to be you know Super Bowl uh, contenders, but it's really the offense, right. um, obviously, with Stafford and kind of getting a what we think is a clean bill of health for Matt Stafford uh, to come out of the, out of the year. Obviously gets uh, Allen Robinson, who the Rams pick up for the Bears, to basically replace Odell Beckham Jr. And obviously the all-world Cooper Cup is going to be there. So the Rams have their weapons ready to go. And Akers and Henderson should be healthy as well at yep. running back. There was some question about that, but it looks like both will be available on Thursday night. And Josh Allen, obviously uh, the consensus number one quarterback off the board in essentially every fantasy draft. Um, Stephon Diggs. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, the yeah. weapons are there. Isaiah McKenzie uh, could be a sleeper there. Yeah. Um, Singletary, Dawson Knox, again, laundry list of Cook, offensive weapons yeah, um, that are that are on both of these teams, and I think that's why you see that high total. Yeah, I think it's going to be curious to see just how the Rams kind of respond. They do lose Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills in the offseason. Um, this is going to be a fun game, though. I mean, it's a great way to kick off the season, and I think the schedule makers did a great job, again, defending champs versus the Super Bowl favorite. So it should be a great game to yeah, kick it off on Thursday I'm night. I'm interested to see what they do with Jalen Ramsey um, from right. the Rams side of things, whether they um, kind of put him on uh, Stephon Diggs or whether he kind of ro- rotates around on um, the Rams. Don't always, he usually doesn't always travel. Yeah, they, He's on one side of the field. They don't but. necessarily lock up a guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they how they uh, use him as a defender in this game. Right. So we're going to break down a few more games, guys, that we think have some interest. Um, Raiders-Chargers. Uh, 66% of the tickets are on the Raiders spread and money line. Uh, 76% of the tickets are on the over in this game. And you look at this game, these two teams, of course, in the same division, played twice last year. It was week three last year. Raiders were undefeated. Uh, they went into L.A. They trailed 21 nothing before ultimately losing 28-14. They beat the Chargers the last game of the season. It was kind of in and you're, you win and you're in, you lose and you're out. They were able to win that game. Um, this is a huge game, I think, for both these teams to kind of kick off the season. No J.C. Jackson, though, uh, for the Chargers. Uh, Khalil Mack will be there, of course, with Bosa. We're going to be huge Charger fans in this game. Um, Raiders, again, three of their first five games against divisional opponents. We'll know how good they are really quickly. But this is one of the biggest bet games of the week so far. Yeah, and I think you're going to be able to say that for several weeks with the Raiders. with, with Especially if they're good. Know, with our home here. Right. They're, they're just... They're, they're a fan favorite. You talk about the dynamic players that they have. Um, they're going to be heavily bet. Obviously, the uh, the rivalry here that's uh, begin with the Chargers and obviously Raiders knocking the Chargers out of the playoffs last year. Uh, but you talked about it. Uh, the, the Chargers have that really good pass rush. Um, the Raiders' offensive line could be called one of their weaknesses of the team. So that, that really could be what this right. game is about um, if they're able to stop Bosa and Mack. And on the flip side, um, it's really Max Crosby and Chandler Jones right. for the Raiders. They're going to have to get to Herbert because the Raiders' weakness would be kind of in that secondary standpoint. And the, the big question here is Devontae Adams. Right. What kind of impact does he have right out of the gate uh, for this team? I think that's, you know, when you look at the, the two big moves in the offseason, one was uh, Tyreek Hill getting dealt from the Chiefs to the Dolphins, and then, of course, uh, Devontae Adams from the Packers to the, to the Raiders. That's the big key. Who's going to miss who more? Will Adams miss uh, uh, Rodgers more or Rodgers miss Adams more? Uh, he's got that rapport with, um, with Carr from college at Fresno, um, but I think that's going to be a big part of it. This game's going to be fun to watch, I think. They split last year again. Uh, the Raiders were way behind in the game last year in L.A. before they came back, but we'll see ultimately what happens. Game has come down a little bit. I mean, we sit on that key number now. I think it's going to be hard to get us off that three. Yeah, I think we're going to see a, a lot of different guys in the backfield, whether it's a, 
uh, Jacobs, uh, White, Abdullah for the Raiders. But I, I think the Raiders come out throwing here. Um, we've seen Waller back at practice. I think they'll try and get the ball to Renfo. And I fully expect Devontae Adams to get, I'll call it, 13 passes uh, thrown his way in this game as uh, Carr looks to go at, go after the Chargers right away with his new weapon, Devontae Adams. All right, so we, we talked a little bit about Adams now, and we mentioned Hill. So let's kind of go into the, the Patriots-Dolphins game. This is a, you know, a Dolphin team with huge expectations this offseason. They make arguably you know, the, the biggest splash or second biggest splash getting Hill. Uh, they're the favorite against New England here. 65% of the tickets are on Miami in this game. And you look at their skill position players now for Tua. You've got Jalen Waddell. You've got Hill. You've got Kosicki. You've got Chase Edmonds, Mozart. You've got a ton of talent on the offensive side with a good defense. The expectation level for Tua is really to take this team to the next level. We've got kind of some mixed reports in the offseason on the Patriots offense with Matt Patricia calling it. Uh, you do have Mac Jones. Um, they did trade for Devontae Parker in the offseason. But the Dolphins are the favorite here. Patriots kind of uncustomarily getting points in week one. Um, what do you think about this game? Well, I think the big question is, is which uh, second-year quarterback takes the big step? Does Tua take a big step here? Can Mac Jones take a big step here? Mac Jones played what I thought was way over his head last year, uh, put together basically a really great season and, and led the Patriots to that, that playoff push. Um, he Dolphins, was almost rookie of the year yeah, if it wasn't for Jamar Chase. And, and, the, and the Dolphins were, were disappointing, and I think that's why the Dolphins did exactly what they did this offseason of going after Tariq Hill. And you talked about it. They did not only just add Tariq Hill. They added Chase Edmonds. They added Mostert. Um, Waddle has just come back to practice. He kind of didn't really play much of the preseason stuff, so we'll see where he's at. But I think as far as the ability to take that next step, Tua's really got the weapons to be able to go a step further, especially with a guy like Chase Edmonds, who isn't so much that between-the-tackles runner, right. but a guy that he's going to be able to dump a lot of passes off that should add to that yardage or Tua. I know the last couple of years, every year, we kind of talk about that quarterback. I know two years ago it was Mitchell Trubisky. Um, that we talk about who's that kind of quarterback, team, or coach that's kind of on the hot seat a little bit. I think you can make a case that this year, with what Miami did in the offseason, that two is probably that quarterback that's on the hot seat more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Well, he... he he needs the the, the, the Dolphins produce. need to decide either we're sticking with him right. or we're getting rid of him. I mean, it's the same situation we're in, strangely enough, with the Ravens and not signing Lamar Jackson and basically saying, you know, I'm going to pay this guy yeah, this but, much but money. Yeah, but I think in Jackson's him. case, it's not a question yeah, they of see ability, him as the right? Preacher. Yeah, just how much are they right. going to pay him and, and how much are they willing to? In Tua's case, even in preseason, you, you saw Hill open on at times and he underthrew him, even though Hill came back and made the catch. So I think it's going to be interesting to see just how Tua kind of meshes with that offense. Hill has said all the right things. But we know he's the kind of guy that loves the ball. If he's open and, and behind the secondary, if he can't get the ball thrown to him, there's definitely going to be some issues there. Uh, another game we'd like to jump into and look at right now is the, the Browns and Panthers. Um, this game probably would have been a nothing game a few months ago. We wouldn't even have been talking about it right now. But it has one of the greatest storylines going into the season right now with Baker Mayfield now playing for the Carolina Panthers against the Deshaun Watson-less Cleveland Browns. Uh, this game's been interesting. It's kind of ping-pong back and forth a little bit with Carolina being a slight favorite. Um, one of the highest ticket counts in, in, in all of the games on the board for pro football is on Carolina. What do you think about this game? Well, it's on Carolina for, you know, it was expected to potentially be uh, Deshaun Watson. We move over to Jacoby Brissett. Um, they acquire Amari Cooper, um, obviously a very good defense and a two-headed running back in Hunt and Chubb. That's absolutely fantastic. But the Carolina Panthers for three years are the Carolina Panthers 
in the first four weeks until McCaffrey goes down, and then they fall apart. And so there's a ton you heard of, that fantasy there's owners. There's a ton of optimism in Carolina right now as you bring Baker in, you got DJ Moore, you got Anderson, but most importantly, you've got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. So I mean, he's a game changer. He, right. He's a guy that can absolutely dictate the field. So that's why you're seeing all this money on the Panthers. And if he can stay healthy, um, they're going to win a lot more ball games. Um, in particular, obviously the. Baker Mayfield wanting to get back at Cleveland and the way that they're, you know, kind of divorce kind of happened. And so that's why I think you're seeing so much money on this Panther team. It, it really is an interesting game because you, you look at Carolina and they also pick up uh, LaVisca Chenault in the offseason from Jacksonville. He's got a good kind of skill position surrounding cats there. Um, can Baker kind of excel in that role? Maybe getting out of Cleveland, getting that pressure of being the number one overall pick. You know, he was on every commercial. I mean, maybe maybe this is a good opportunity for him. I think it's a great game to watch, though. I think it's going to be fun to see how Baker Mayfield plays in this game. Another game we're going to look at, guys, is uh, Cardinals-Chiefs. Now, 70% of the tickets here are the Chiefs. We've, we've seen this number jump up a good point and a half or two points in the last 48 hours. We know that the Chiefs are relatively healthy. We know no Hill. They've had some big off-season acquisitions, especially Smith-Schuster and MVS Scantling. And you look at the Cardinals, though. I mean, no Christian Kirk, no Hop. Uh, can Kyler Murray do enough with his offense without those two guys to keep this game close? Yeah, you talked about this. Uh, this has probably been one of the biggest line movers right. of the week. Um, Chiefs were kind of a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, this game has gone all the way up to six. Um, and part of that is because of the question marks um, with the Arizona Cardinals in that Zach Ertz is a questionable to play here week one. Rondell Moore is questionable to play week one. Hopkins is out. Um, Christian Kirk Six was tra- weeks, right. traded to uh, to Jacksonville. So there's a lot of new pieces of the puzzle, the big one being Marquis Brown, who they acquire from the Ravens. Obviously, that Oklahoma connection right. with, yeah. uh, with Kyler Murray. James Conner essentially takes the backfield over by himself with the departure of Chase Edmonds. Um, they lose Chandler Jones on the defensive side of things. So a lot of changes in Arizona uh, and a lot to be excited about in Kansas City, even with the departure of Tariq Hill. You, t- you talked about uh, Smith-Schuster, the addition of Sky Moore, Moore, the young receiver. MVS. Yeah, and, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets kind of a backup in Isaiah Pachenko, who's been absolutely fantastic, young man out of Rutgers. And I think that Patrick Mahomes has a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder o- over the whole Tyreek. Hill scandal, we will say, right. just because of Tyreek Hill's comments. Some of the stuff he said after right, yep. he left and, yep. and stuff like that. And I think there's even uh, um, with uh, comments that were made about, you know, he's a good quarterback, but Aaron Hill or Aaron Rodgers is an absolutely fantastic quarterback. Um, I think that um, we're going to see Mahomes play with a big chip on his shoulder this yeah, year. Yeah, I think so too. It's an interesting matchup though because both these two quarterbacks can definitely open it up. We saw Kansas City have some struggles on the road last year. Um, but, again, a huge ticket count um, on Kansas City in this game. Let's turn to the primetime games now. Uh, I think the schedule makers did a great job, too, of giving us some some good primetime games. Uh, Sunday night football, you've got Tampa Bay traveling to Dallas. Um, it's kind of a, a 50-50 split on the ticket count, um, but we've started to see the number creep up a little bit. I think that's a product of looking like Tampa's going to be relatively healthy, that Godwin might be playing in this game. Uh, we know Dallas will have no Michael Gallup. It doesn't look like it, at least. They traded Amari Cooper in the offseason. They've had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Um, CeeDee Lamb is going to be expected to be the guy now. They've got Dalton Schultz. Uh, they're getting points at home on Sunday night football. I think it's a great way to kick the season off for Sunday night. I, I feel like these two teams, you should cue up the soap opera music <laughs> when, when we talk about these two teams. What Jerry Jones with Dallas, um, the, the whole Ezekiel Elliott 
Tony Pollard. Um, I, I just feel like it's a soap opera story of what's going to happen and the, the, the hopes and dreams of the Dallas Cowboys. And really, to me, they, it rests on, on Zach uh, uh, Dak Prescott's right. arm, um, C.D. Lamb. I'm going to interject one thing. I know we talked about, you know, I thought that Tua maybe has the most pressure on him um, as a quarterback. I think the coach that's on the hot seat the most is probably Mike McCarthy. Um, I think the expectation level in Dallas is that he does take them to the next level. But bigger than that is you've got Sean Payton now sitting in the booth, kind of lurking over his shoulder. Jerry's made comments about him. Sean Payton, I think, has kind of referenced the, the Dallas job as well. I think if they get off to a really slow start or they're not playing well at the midway point, I think Sean Payton's a prime candidate to kind of move into those shoes. Yeah, I think, I think Dallas is under a ton of pressure, and it's really all on deck um, with kind of a, a, a lack of depth at the wide receiver position with James Washington, who they acquired from Pittsburgh, being hurt. Michael Gallup being hurt. You're going to have to see some of those younger guys step up. Maybe even Tony Pollard uh, starts catching some more passes out of the backfield. They're lining up in the slot. And then, obviously, on the soap opera side of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, the end of last season to the you know unretirement of Tom Brady to the fights with his Giselle or the plastic <laughs> surgery or all the other stories that have been out there last I mean it just it, it's a it's a soap opera feeling for both of these two teams. Is this teams. STN or TMZ? I, I, I just don't, make sure you got the initials right. I, I just feel like it's a it's a there's an incredible distraction down in Tampa um, doesn't who knows how it'll play out in this these two games uh, specifically on the on the Tampa side of things um, Brady that you know the question is can he just prove everyone wrong again he's got uh, weapons up the wazoo. Obviously, they they Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Julio Jones. Uh, you know, who right. didn't have a big Tennessee season down in Tennessee, but again, only need a couple plays uh, down there to be successful. And they still have Fournette, um, and they've got all those things on the Evans and Godwin on the offensive side of things. So Brady definitely has the tools. It's just a matter of where is he at with 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 sitting out this whole pro se- uh, preseason, pre-season, and then where is his head at from a from a family standpoint if um you know if julio is healthy and all indications are that he is and and godwin's back and russell gage as well i mean you talk about the weapons they have there with mike evans and it, it's strange but julio's not even a starter he's going to be a kind of that guy maybe he becomes the red zone target that gronk was he never was that in atlanta matt ryan always seemed to struggle to get him the ball in the red zone or in the end zone maybe he's that now um, so we talked to soap opera a little bit. If you want to really talk a soap opera, it's Monday Night Football. The end of week one, the schedule makers. Well, Russell Wilson, you were traded to Denver, but guess what? Week one, you're going to play in Seattle. I mean, how could they schedule that any better? The highest ticket count over any team in the league is the Seattle, or is the Denver Broncos. 87% of the tickets are on Denver. 69% of the tickets are on the over in this game. Russell Wilson will be on the in the other locker room on the other side of the field wearing blue and orange against Geno Smith. My guess is we're going to be huge Seattle Seahawks fans on Monday night. Well, if the week doesn't go uh, with with many winners on the on the book side of things on Sunday, um, the Monday night liability is going to be absolutely fa- <laughs> uh, horrible because, like you said, all the tickets are going to be on the Broncos. Everything's going to be rolling to the Broncos. Um, currently at six and a half. Um, we'll see if that this game can get to a touchdown. Um, not a lot of optimism in Seattle. I mean, obviously, maybe Ken Walker has a chance to come in this game. They still have uh, Metcalf and, and, um, yeah. and Lockett, though. Yeah, but what, what, I mean, they're going to want to they're going to want to beat Russ and the talented uh, receiving core that he gets. But we've seen this Denver Bronco team be able to compete uh, and play in the AFC West, what we think is the toughest conference or division in football. They've got a solid defense. They've always had a solid offense. 
their number one problem has been the quarterback position, and now you go get Russell Wilson to add to Javante Williams. You hear that, yeah. Seattle? They went and got Russell Wilson. You know, Gordon to go with Sutton and Judy. I mean, they're they're loaded on offense and what, what he brings to the table. If he can get a little bit of running with his legs back into his game, which he kind of didn't do last season in Seattle, um, Denver's going to be a very, very scary team. Well, it's obvious that Denver didn't think this was a short-term fix. They just gave him a, a brand-new five-year you know, extension, so they expect him to be there for a while. I can tell you that if the scores kind of do go south a little bit, like you said, going into Monday night, you and I will both be wearing the 12th man T-shirts <laughs> because we're going to need that 12th man to come through big time. I have a feeling we're going to be needing Seattle a lot this season, not only in week one, uh, but I think Seattle is going to be one of those teams that the general public is really picking on, uh, betting against. Right. It's kind of a perfect storm. Again, Russ going back there, Monday night football, last game of the week, and that's why I think we're seeing the highest ticket count um, on that side. Um, so this is kind of breaking down the pros a little bit. We're going to come back, guys, and we're going to kind of go through uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, touch on a little bit of uh, fantasy football as well. But we're, we're just excited, again, that we have both college and pro this week. Don't forget to get signed up for Last Man Standing, SDN Sports, and we'll be back to wrap it up with the good, the bad, and the ugly and a few other tidbits here on Bookends. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means. It's time to bet your buns off. And when it comes to sports betting, you better bet with the STN Sports app. So what in the heck are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey guys, we're back for the final segment of the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. And we kind of touched on this last week and it was Stephen Money's Fantasy Football Fever. So it's back again. We're just going to give you a couple of guys that we like at quarterback, wide receiver, and running back this week. We'll expand on that some weeks with defenses or tight ends, but um, we'll kick that off before we finish up with our favorite segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so quarterback. For me this week, week one, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. I know they're on the road, but they've now given him that number one wideout in A.J. Brown. We saw what Josh Allen did when he got Stephon Diggs. I think with Devontae Smith, Goddard, uh, the legs of Hurts, and now getting A.J. Brown, um, Hurts is my quarterback this week to kind of go off week one in fantasy football. I'm going to stay with the guy that should be at the top of all quarterback lists uh, this week, and that's Lamar Jackson going up against the Jets. Um, Still waiting for a contract, playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, A a mess in the Raven backfield right now with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards out, um, potentially starting Mike Davis at running back. I look for Lamar Jackson to get it done on the ground and in the air um, to Bateman, Andrews, Duvernay. I think Lamar Jackson accounts for all the touchdowns, both rushing and passing this week for the Ravens. I love that because he's on one of my fantasy teams, so (laughs) that's kind of good news. Uh, Running back, I'm going to go with Delvin Cook. I think that game, Minnesota against Green Bay, is going to be a shootout. I think having new offensive co- or new head coach Kevin O'Connell from the Rams, I think he's not only going to be used in the run game, but he's going to be used in the pass game a lot as well. I think Delvin Cook has a monster game week one against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to give you a little sleeper coming out of Jacksonville with ETN at the running back position against the Washington Commanders. Uh, James Robinson, uh, we know he's going to be in the mix there from that standpoint of that backfield, but week one, Robinson hasn't been around. I think Jacksonville uses him all over the field, both running and uh, catching the football, and he has a solid game. I think it's interesting that that, that's the choice you make because he missed the entire season last year. He missed his entire rookie season, but he should be the guy. A wide receiver, I'm going to go off the grid a little bit, and I know we kind of talked about Baker Mayfield and what will his impact be with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with D.J. Moore. 
I think now that he's got a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, you've got McCaffrey back, you pick up LaVisca Cheneau, you've got Robbie Anderson, you've got enough weapons there. DJ Moore has always put up big numbers, but for whatever reason, the last couple of years hasn't found the end zone. I think he scores week one. I think he has over 100 yards receiving. I think DJ Moore is my wide receiver to have a big week one in fantasy football. I'm going to tell you to start the guy that's going to have the biggest Thursday night. You'll take the lead in all of your fantasy um, with Gabriel. Uh, I wonder who that is. Gabriel Davis, uh, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Gabe Davis. I think that uh, Ramsey's going to uh, kind of key up on uh, the other side of the football. We knew we, Emmanuel Sanders gone. Beasley's gone. Davis is going to turn into a stud in Buffalo. Just remember, Gabe Davis against the Kansas City Chiefs in the last game he played last year in the playoffs, he had four touchdowns from Josh Allen. So that's kind of our Stephen Money Fantasy Football Fever, which is a new segment on bookends that we'll be featuring every week. Now, kind of our favorite segment. John, cue up the music. I can see him right now. The good, the bad, the ugly. Let's start out with the good. I'm going to throw it to you. What's the good uh, that you found in week one? I've got two goods. Number one, i got to go back to um, just U.S. Open tennis. It's been absolutely awesome. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here every night uh, watching these tennis matches, both the men's and women's. It's been absolutely great. Um, great. Continue to enjoy the the upsets and and, and going on the women's tennis. But I'm going to have to go back, and I've got to issue an apology for my ugly last week. I I (laughs) poo-pooed on the Toronto Blue Jays and called them the ugly, and specifically Bo Bichette dropping to seventh in the batting order. And as soon as I did it he must have been watching our podcast and said man forget those guys and he comes out and uh since the the calendar's we're turned, sending you a capo since the calendar's turn here in september he's uh got four home runs 15 rbis and a and a three home run game in baltimore so you know caps off to you bo Bichette. heck of a week uh you know player of the week and uh, you're the you're in the good you're in the good you said you had two, right? You have another well, one? Well, my U.S. Open. Okay, that was my, that was my right. other good. So. Right, I'm, I'm going to go bad now. I'm going to – the last football game of the week, the last college football game, Clemson and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech seemed to be in that game. They played a really good game. But you, you try a 52-yard field goal that you miss to, to give Clemson a short field, and you get two punts blocked in that game. Just, you know, kind of a horrific performance um, throughout the special teams guys uh, on Georgia Tech that night that really – enabled Clemson to cover the spread in that game, which was really good for you guys, um, but uh, but bad for our side of the game. Yeah, counter. it was Jeff, Jeff Collins is, is the head coach of Georgia Tech, and they've had three consecutive three-win seasons, and he's kind of on the hot seat, and you have a chance on national television to come out. And With all due respect, they, they played pretty good they did, in, yeah. in that first half, and then uh, just but kind of fell apart. you can't make mistakes like well, that against a team like Clemson. Most importantly, they, they got down 34-10, to 10, uh, number at 24, which was the number that was on the game. And he got the ball back with about six minutes to go, and he ran the ball into the line three times, didn't attempt to pass. Uh, then we watched the, the young star for, for Clemson, Cade Klubnick, come in, lead him to another touchdown to take the 41-point lead. And then he gets the ball back with two minutes to go, and he l- runs the ball into the line again. And So from that standpoint, just really upset and, and the bad of the, the Georgia Tech team and essentially the coaching staff quitting on those players late in that game. And the other bad in that game, we we mess up the last name, but DJ Ukulele um, for Clemson, he just doesn't look good. He doesn't look like the guy that's they going to get – They might go to this freshman. That I doesn't think look like the guy that's going to get them to a national championship. I think there's a reason – that Dabo went to the, went to the rookie or went to the freshman quarterback to kind of see what he could do on the big stage. I know they had a comfortable lead, but it was still on Monday Night Football College, the last game of the week. He wanted to see what they could do. I thought he played a phenomenal game. 
for the uh, short time that he was in. Yeah, I mean, he, the, the series he had, he looked great. And uh, like I said, DJ just does not look good. And so for Clemson to, you know, make a run at this national championship, there's going to have to be a change there or DJ ukulele's got to play a whole lot better. All right, let's go to the ugly now. Well, I'm going to go back to baseball. Maybe <laughs> I can I can reverse the fortunes the same way I did with Bo Bichette. I can reverse the fortunes of the Miami Marlins, who are my ugly this week. Um, they've lost eight consecutive games. In those eight games, they've scored 12 runs. Um, they haven't been shut out, but they've only scored one or two runs in those eight games. And so the stink is coming out of Miami. Um, find a way to, to get competitive. Find a way to get some offense. Uh, Miami Marlins, you are the ugly this week. <laughs> I, I can hear the whistle right now. But before we leave, now we have to talk about UFC 279. And, and Diaz, uh, Diaz. I think we're going to have a, a huge handle on this fight. Um, it'll be shown closed circuit um, or here. It's going to be a fun fight, and there's already a huge handle on this UFC event. Well, you're getting Diaz at a at a monster number. He's a seven to one, eight to one dog out there. He's been eleven and zero though, five yep. and zero since joining the UFC, um, and he's an animal. Yeah. Well, the one thing you you know what you're going to get out of Diaz. You're going to get a brawler. He's going to get beat up. Um, and you're just hoping for that one uh, hammer to come down and, right. and get He's that a warrior, knockout. no question. And really, when you look at this entire card, um, it's a card that's got a lot of, um, we'll call it fighters that are somewhat a little bit senior in age, um, where we've got a lot of 34, 35, 30-year-old fighters that have had five to six losses in their UFC career. So it uh, could be a great card to see some epic knockouts and right. some great finishes um, as, we've got, as we've got some fighters that have shown the ability to get beat in the, in the in the past. As you can see, guys, we're not excited at all about the upcoming sports weekend. I well, mean, you forgot even more. What, what goes on on Sunday in the WNBA? Oh, yeah, the Aces. Uh, congratulations first to the Aces. I mean, getting to the finals again, uh, winning that series three games to one. They looked primed to hopefully bring Vegas our, our first championship well, I, in a major I, sport. I, a question mark to the schedule makers as to why the opening game of the WNBA Finals is going to be at noon on Sunday um, here in Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, going head-to-head with with football, um, (laughs) I I question that. But uh, obviously the Aces getting in, and we'll see who their opponent's going to be as that series should finish up here soon. It should be a great sports weekend. Again, we've talked about all these college football games, kind of the, the ranked teams playing each other. The first full weekend of pro football, UFC 279, the Aces. It's fun, guys. I know I've said it a few times. Jay has as well. Great time to get signed up for SDN Sports right now. We love when you guys come out and experience everything we have to offer here at Red Rock and all of our properties and all of our racing sports books. But get SDN Sports. It brings the sports book to you up to that $500 bonus. Don't forget, get signed up for Last Man Standing. College is 730 Saturday night, 100000 guaranteed. Pros, 5 p.m. Sunday, 150000 guaranteed. Get it. Let's get it done. All right, guys. Again, this is the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. We'll see you next week with a bunch of fun stuff.